Frank Reich is still the coach of the Indianapolis Colts. There is good news for the Colts this morning. Some of it is actually bad news for the Chiefs, but that's good news for the Colts because the Colts play the Chiefs this weekend. But there is legitimately good news for the Indianapolis Colts, 0-2 right, or 0-1-1, which is kind of like 0-2. Let's face it, the tie right now dresses up as a loss. At some point, it might get all dressed up as a win. However, right now, not. At any rate, the good news, we're going to go over it. The Indianapolis Colts, not dead yet. Frank Reich, still employed by the Colts. There you go. We got the prize egg, which we are going to open up on Friday. We're going to give away the contents of this prize egg to one of you lucky viewers, lucky listeners, who subscribe and like the videos throughout the week. Nice, I know. I'm a generous guy. This is who I am. To my core, I'm a generous guy. That's the way it is. Um, boy, oh boy, Indiana University football not getting a lot of love from the odds makers, but that's good news for people who like to bet on the Hoosiers. Why do we want to get points against, uh, or why do we want to give points against Cincinnati instead of get points, right? We like points. Points are good. Okay. Uh, and beer is going to be sold at Simon Scott Assembly Hall during men's basketball games, and I'm not sure how I feel about that. Let's talk about it. This is Breakfast with Kent for Tuesday, September 20th, 2022, brought to you by the great people at BUSR. Go to BUSR.com backslash Kent, and if you uh, your first deposit up to $1,000 will be matched in free play, and if you deposit more than a hunch, you get $25 in free casino chips. How about that? The Hoosiers, a 17-and-a-half-point dog. They're 3-0. and What are we doing? Indiana undefeated. Has there ever in the history of college football been a 17-and-a-half-point underdog who is undefeated after three or more weeks in college football? <laughs> I've never heard of it. I'm insulted. We take umbrage. Uh, the Colts, a six-and-a-half-point dog at BUSR. They are a seven-point dog other places. The six-and-a-half points, that can be impo- important. That half point right now is a gift that could be adjusted very, very soon. Let's talk about the Colts and the good news about the Colts. Frank Reich's still the coach, and Frank Reich is sticking to the script. That's what he's doing. All right, Frank Reich yesterday with the media was Frank Reich and the way he talks to the media at all times. It's about getting 1% better. At this rate, if the Colts get 1% better from the way they played the first two weeks, they're going to be playoff ready in 2046. Uh, Here's what he had to say, Reich. Uh, We will continue to evaluate that. What that is is unimportant. Uh, He was asked about the offensive line. He was asked about the receivers. He was asked about being outscored, whatever it's been in the first uh, three quarters of the last three games, 70 to 6 or 70 to 16 or whatever the hell it is. We're going to continue. It's fair you bring that up. We're going to continue to evaluate that. Well, that's wonderful news. Good. Uh, He's also, he's making good progress. Who? It doesn't really matter. Everybody who's got any kind of an injury issue, whether it's Julian Blackman, Alec Pierce, Michael Pittman Jr., Darius, uh, Shaquille Leonard, 
They're all making uh, good progress, as though there's something as bad progress. Um, he did say this, think players, not plays, which is the way you should coach. You should scheme to the strength of your players. I haven't heard of him say this before. He's talking about simplifying the playbook so that guys can run the plays correctly. Who'd have thought? Good. Like that. Okay. Uh, interesting things. He thought both Pittman and Pierce were going to play on Sunday. Thought Pierce was on track to play Wednesday and Thursday, then found out Friday that was not going to be the case. Thought Pittman was going to play until Saturday when he was ruled out. Uh, thinking about adjusting things on the offensive line, and you've got to do that. You've got to figure out a way to do it. And I, th I know, and he knows, and you know, that Bernard Ryman is a matchup guy, right? If you've got a guy who's a bull rusher defensive end, you've got a problem. But if you've got a guy who, who gets to quarterbacks by moving, like by getting the corner, Bernard Ryman is a pretty good matchup. Uh, conversely, Matt Pryor is an option for a guy who's strictly bull rush and doesn't get the edge. The NFL is not filled with defensive linemen like that. But you've got to make adjustments. You've got to figure out how this thing can work together to keep Matt Ryan uh, from, uh, you know, total chaos in, in the pocket. You know, Braden Smith's been terrible. You've got to find a way to, to adjust the tackle situation on both sides of the line and then hope for the best. And I got to tell you, I love Danny Pinter, but he hadn't been very good either when you look at the tape. Um, short passing game worked for the Jets, or for the Jags. Yeah, that's what he said. He said, well, the short passing game worked for the, for the Jags. Yes, we watched the game. We understand that. How do you stop it? How do you stop the Chiefs from gashing you with their short passing game? Uh, the Chiefs, they have beaten the Cardinals and the Rams uh, with only 40 planned runs during those games. Qu Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 15 runs for 116 yards, 7.7 .7 yards per carry. Not necessarily good news, but this is good news. The Colts are number two in the NFL, allowing only 2.7 yards per rush. They have done a really good job of stopping the run. Now, <laughs> you know, that, that, that's great. You're 0-1-1. You got housed by the Jaguars, and for three quarters, you couldn't compete with the Texans. But here's some good news. You know what I mean? Like, the run defense has been something that the Colts can point to and say, this is something that we do legitimately well. Yeah, EJ Speed has been good in that regard. Bobby Okereke has been good in that regard. Grover Stewart, good too. So it's not all terrible. What is terrible, and this is great news that we celebrate with a little windmill on a Tuesday, the AFC South sucks. The AFC South straight up is terrible. Last night, the Titans got run off the field by the Bills 41-7. to Derrick Henry, 13 carries, 25 yards, Ryan Tannehill, 11 of 20 for 117, no touchdowns, two interceptions. He was awful. And so, the Titans are terrible. People in Tennessee are losing their minds in the same measure the Colts fans are losing their minds. So what do you have to do to be competitive in the AFC South? you got to find a way to beat the Jaguars at home.
right? What is that? Week six, right? Week six. Key, True Heart, FNYT. Optimism is tomorrow, but you got to start feeling good. We can share good news on days other than Tuesday or other than Wednesday, right? Optimism Wednesday is tomorrow, but hey, good news Tuesday. That will not be a thing, I promise, especially if the Colts lose this weekend. Uh, but you've got the Jags leading the conference at 1-1. One and one. The Titans are 0-2 with a point differential of minus 35. And you've got the Texans at 0-1-1. If you can beat the Jaguars here and you can finish the season with a win against the Texans and... If you can beat the Titans in week four, no matter what you do this weekend, you got a hell of a chance to win the AFC South. Let's not, let's not fold the hand yet for the 2022 season, right? Frank Reich is still talking like a guy who expects to be employed next week. That's good. And, I guess, and the Colts, they're not dead they could find a way to make themselves relevant in the AFC South. Hell, 7-10 and 10 could win the division in the AFC South. Legitimately, the Jaguars, I think, are a 7-win team. The Texans are a 4-win team, and the Titans look like they might not be able to win more than 5. So what do the Colts need to do? Just need to cobble together 8 wins, go 8-9, win the conference, yay! Go to the playoffs and get your ass trucked by the Chiefs, the Bills, whoever you wind up playing. But getting the tournament, all kinds of things can happen, including, like I said, Willie Gay has been suspended. Linebacker, this is a guy with 16 tackles so far through two games. Second leading tackler for the Chiefs. He is out for this weekend and the following three weekends because he violated the personal conduct policy of the NFL uh, in January, and so that's good news. Hell, I don't care why people are out. I don't care how you beat people. I don't care whether they're suspended, injured, whatever. When good players cannot play on Sunday for the opponent, you do a little celebration. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has been really good. This is where it is not Optimism Wednesday. Uh, he's completed 73% of his passes, 8 yards per attempt, Seven TDs, no interceptions, a passer rating of 127.9. Travis Kelsey, 13 catches, 172 yards. You got to find a way to stop Travis Kelsey. Good luck with that. They have only had five total sacks. They have forced only one turnover. Uh, so that's not great, you know. Uh, this Chiefs team ha has not been a turnover-happy group. The Colts haven't uh, had any interceptions. Mahomes, no interceptions. The rubber's going to hit the rub this week. They're due. Uh, the Colts, there have been a lot of tipped balls, but they just haven't kind of come to the Colts. Gilmore has gotten his hands on a couple of balls, just hadn't come down with them. At some point, that's going to change. Um, only three AFC teams, this is more good news, are 2-0. and the Colts are number two in the NFL, allowing only 2.7 yards per rush. We mentioned that before, but it's important. Uh, bad news, they are last in points with 20. And uh, zero interceptions. Zero interceptions for the Colts and Mahomes. So, like I said, 
that's due to change, right? Statistics, right? you're always going to, you're going to have interceptions at some point, whether you're a quarterback or whether you're a defense, needs to happen now for your Indianapolis Colts. We'll see if it does this Sunday. The home opener, maybe Leonard's back. You would expect Pierce back. You would expect Pittman back. We'll see. The first injury report is going to be tomorrow. We'll see where they're listed on it. If Pittman is full go in practice tomorrow, you feel good about him being ready to go on Sunday. Same thing with Pierce. Not with Leonard necessarily because he's been full the last couple of weeks. He just hadn't been good enough to stick out there and play. Um, Beer's going to be sold at Simon Scott Assembly Hall for Indiana basketball games. I have never, and I'm a person who is on the record as enjoying a beer now and again. Like when they started selling beer at Memorial Stadium for IU football games. I liked that. I thought that that was a good move. Because in the parking lot, that's all people are doing is drinking beer. And then you force them into an environment where they're not, beer's not available. And people are like, let's get the hell out of here. And go, Why are we going to sit here and watch this crap? Well, we can go back into the parking lot, have some laughs and some beer. So I understood that. But I've never thought at an IU basketball game, man, i got to get me some beer. First of all, the games are only two hours long. Second of all, you're not tailgating before games. It's like four degrees down in Monroe County uh, for IU basketball games. Sometimes the weather is intemperate, so it doesn't reward that kind of behavior. Plus, for night games, it's dark. So I, I don't get it. I don't get the need. But hey, you know what? Could it be a bad thing? It's not necessarily a bad thing. So what, it, it, what are we worried about? Indiana, like I said, at Cincinnati this Saturday, 3.30 on ESPN2. They are 17.5-point dogs on BUSR. The Colts, they are 6.5-point dogs, but they're 7-point dogs elsewhere. So this bargain, that's bargain wagering when you can get 6.5 instead of 7 because there is a massive difference between 6.5 and and 7 points. It's not just 1.5 point. You get 7, you take it. Or you get 6.5, you take it instead of uh, 7. Let's celebrate some birthdays, shall we? Chris Orr, happy birthday. Uh, Jason McMinn, happy birthday. Mike Fa- Mike Raby, the great Mike Raby, happy birthday. Wonderful radio engineer. Uh, Harrison Painter, happy birthday. Joshua Cummins, David Brown, Greg Cathery, happy birthday. The great Phil Tower up in Grand Rapids, Michigan, producing great radio every day on his station's program directing. I'm sorry I demoted him. Uh, Ed Curran. One of the great radio media talents of our time in the city of Chicago for lo these many years. Again, this can be yours. What is in this prize egg? We'll find out on Friday and you can win it. As Sean won the autographed Miles Turner jersey last week, all you have to do is subscribe and like videos throughout the week. And eligibility, just that simple. We'll talk this afternoon. You know what? I, I, I'm not wired to be miserable every single day and call for a guy's job every single day. I can't do it. Yesterday, we kind of we got sideways with Frank Reich a little bit, and rightly so. Today, we're trying to look at the bright side a little bit. Tomorrow is uh, Optimism Wednesday. We'll see what happens today. Uh, today and, and moving forward, these are progressively bigger days.
for the Indianapolis Colts as they try to fight their way back into relevance in the AFC South. We'll talk to you later this afternoon inside Indiana Sports Now, brought to you by the great people at BUSR.